0: Good day to be alive. and coming to you here. This is Life Extraordinary. Thank you for letting me come into your space. And I trust that you've been blessed by the messages we've been sending your way. Uh, I'd like to also ask you, as some, as some of you have been doing, I'd love to hear back from you, hear the stories, testimonies that have been uh, showing up, the testimonies you have concerning putting the Word of God to work for you. Once again, this is Life Extraordinary. And let me use this opportunity to refer you to our website. Of course, you're welcome to go there and to uh, be blessed by the messages on that site. Hallelujah. And so I'm going to be uh, uh, giving you our website address, which is www.faithimpactmeans.org. Once again, www.faithimpactmeans.org. Glory be to God. I trust that you do have your Bible, and we're going to be delving into it. And today, we're going to be picking off where we left off the last time, doubt the miracle killer. We don't want any miracle killers in our lives. No, we want to be on the Lord's side. So doubt the miracle killer, and what do we do with doubt? How do we deal with it? And so i also like to crave your indulgence, share this message with friends and loved ones. As you've been blessed Is simply the right thing for you to do to share it with others. So I'm going to be picking up the fact last week I read from uh, uh, Mark's account as well as Matthew's account. Well, today I'm going to be reading from Luke's account of the same story and then come back to Mark. So turn with me to Luke chapter 9 from verse 37. Now it happened on the next day. When they had come down from the mountain, that a great multitude met him, suddenly a man from the multitude cried out, saying, Teacher, I implore you, look on my son, for he is my only child. So we see now, is the only child of this man. And behold, the Spirit seizes him. He suddenly cries out. It convulses him so that he foams at the mouth. It departs from him with great difficulty, bruising him. So I implore the disciples to cast it out. But they could not. Well, that was the man's opinion based on what had happened. Then Jesus answered and said, Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you and bear with you? Bring your son here. Isn't it interesting that Jesus would link, you know, faithlessness with perversion? You know, people that are of faith stay away from any kind of perversion. It's not something that we should allow into our lives. So Jesus pairs the two together, faithlessness and perverse. What does perverse mean? You know, uh, not recognizing or using the things of God the way it's supposed to be. Perversion. In other words, they don't adhere to the things of God. Always looking to an alternative to what the things of God or to what God has established. So, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you and bear with you? Bring your son to bring your son here. And as he was still coming, the demon threw him down convulsed him. Then Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the child and gave him back to his father. Now I'm going to hop up now to Mark's account of the same account um, of the same story, Mark's account of the same story. And once again, I'm going to be reading here from verse 14. And when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them, and the scribes disputing with them, immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed. And running to him, greeted him. He asked the scribes, What are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought my son who has a mute spirit. So in fact, the father even was able to discern what kind of spirit this was. And wherever it seizes him, He throws him down. See, the devil is not out to bless anybody. Jesus already said in John ten, ten, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The devil is not blessing anybody. In fact, you may see some people, if anybody is blessed, all blessings come from God, whether they are Christians or not Christians, whether they're believers or not. The Bible says it makes the sun even to shine on the righteous and on the unrighteous. So wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. So why did Jesus say that, O faithless generation? So one thing we see here is that to be able to minister like this, You know, to anyone or to receive from God, faith is necessary. Faith is needed. So Jesus rebukes them for being faithless. Well, people at times will ask, who needs faith? Well, faith on the part of the person who is uh, ministering, whether laying hands or anything. Also, the person receiving needs to have faith. They need to have faith. In other words, you're not just staying passive. Faith is active. You take. Hallelujah. Then they brought him to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground, wallowing, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? Now notice, Jesus asks just a specific question. How long has this condition been? That's what he's asking. And what should the answer have been? You know, two years, three years? In fact, this boy, as we see, is about 12 years old. And so, but Father says, since he's been young. So he said, from childhood, that's fine. Often, then he goes on to give the details. Now, you know, one of the things we may may not realize here, nothing is too big to the Lord, regardless of how long it's been, nothing. And besides, also important for us to realize, the way even we as parents live can open the door for the enemy to come and attack members of our family, our children especially, who are under our care. So, the master said, how long has this been? He said, from childhood. That's all he needed to have said. Then he goes on, and often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Now, as we see here, the father continues to have his eyes on the manifestations of what is happening with the condition. He has his eyes on the condition, on the problem. Now, friend, this is something that is so important. When you want to receive from God, anytime you're receiving from God, you have to remove your eyes from the problem, regardless of how severe the problem is. And put your eyes on what the Word of God has said. What's the final result? What's God's word saying will happen? Or what are you coming to God for? Put your eyes on that. You know, in uh, this, is a, this is a principle of faith. In Luke 4, somewhere from verse 20, the, the, it says that my son, attend to my words, incline your ear to my savings. Let them not, what? The word not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. So regardless of what is happening, Focus on the word. Get fixated on the end result, what the word has said. You've been sick. See yourself well. Did you notice back in the Old Testament when Israel sinned and all that and the serpents broke out, came in, you know, the serpents were already there and the serpents now began to attack the people and they were dying. And the Lord told Moses and said, Listen, make a bronze serpent and then put it on a pole. Whosoever looks on that serpent, they will look and live. So and that word there, look, is not a, a glimpse or a passing glance. They were supposed to be absorbed. It's an absorbed gaze. You're drawn in. So for, the, for you to do that, think about it. Serpents are biting everywhere, but you're told to ignore all of that and just focus completely on the serpent on the pole. Well, the serpent on the pole is a type of Jesus bearing all of our sicknesses, our diseases, every work of the enemy. So see that Jesus took all your infirmities, see the end result, no longer with you. If they are with Jesus, they are no longer with you. So for them to do that, they had to keep completely ignore. Yeah, somebody may have said this behind them, oh that snake snake, and they had to ignore that completely. That's what it takes to receive. You completely absorbed. And drawn in seeing your sickness your disease the on Jesus and you see yourself healed see for you to do that it requires meditation it requires you opening your mouth and begin to voice see as you begin to open your mouth and voice then that image of wholeness of healing is cast on the canvas of your heart that's what you're supposed to focus in get fixated in completely see this is what the Lord is saying here hallelujah. You have to remove your attention completely from what, oh, the doctor has said this. Oh, this is what is happening. The last person I heard who had this condition, this was what happened to them. Forget all of that. Hallelujah. Look to him. Look and live. Hallelujah. So then they brought him, I'm going to read that again. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him. So that's a manifestation. He fell to the ground and one foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, How long has this been happening? And he said, From childhood. Often, the father goes describing the manifestation. He has thrown him both into the fire and to the water. See, all the manifestations are pointing you in one direction death, defeat. Yes. Often, it has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. See, that's what the symptoms are pointing you to destruction, death. But then he comes and says, if you can do anything for us, have compassion on us and help us. So you have to completely shut your sight away from that and see yourself whole, see yourself healed, see yourself completely testifying. When the doctors have said, oh, you have so many days or months to live, put that all aside and see yourself living. Hallelujah. Living. Up to your full age, seeing your children graduate from school, see your hold your grandchildren, see them go to school with long life, so God satisfying you and showing you his salvation. That's what it entails. But for you to be seen, your mouth has to be engaged with that end result. What Jesus has said is yours, not what the enemy is doing. So like we said last week, the man said, if you can't do anything for us, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus, as his word, kind of throws it back to him. If If you can't believe, all things are possible to him who believes. In other words, it's not about what he can do. What can you believe? What are you believing? What will you believe concerning your situation? It's when you believe, you don't need any evidence to believe. The only evidence you need is what the word of God has said. Hallelujah. You don't need any evidence in the natural to believe. Immediately the father, the father of the child cried out, said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Oh my goodness. Your heart goes out to this father. Haven't we, there's such a great lesson to learn here. Yes, it believes. Have you been there before? Yes, I believe. But I seem to be so in combat with unbelief. Oh, dear friend, learn this. If you grab a hold of this, this is one of the biggest lessons I learned about faith. Yes, I believe, but it's like I'm surrounded by doubt. It's like doubt is there overwhelming me. Did you notice what Jesus said? What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have them. it says, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have them. Then he says, if to, uh, uh, in uh, Mark 11, and just before verse, uh, right there, verse 22, he said, said, Have faith in God. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. That's important. As long as you're not doubting in your heart, you see, your mind will doubt God's word. Your mind is looking for evidence, your mind gets shaken. But listen, the anchor of your heart, as long as you're not doubting in your heart, how do you not doubt in your heart? You open your mouth and keep speaking what you believe, even though your mind is showing you an image or your mouth. Have you noticed Even when you start speaking, whatever negative image is in your mind, the moment you start speaking, it vanishes. To listen to what your mouth is saying or about to say, even though it knows what you're about to say. That is so powerful. Listen, friend, faith will work in your heart even when doubt is in your mind. Doubt encompass your mind. But as you open your mouth to declare, that doubt would fade immediately. That's the battle of faith. That's where the enemy defeats people. And you have to stay in that arena, hallelujah. The Bible says hope is the anchor for our soul. That picture of health, when, he, when you're so sick and everything else, the that doubt wants to, you know, destroy that picture and remove it completely. But you open your mouth. You open your mouth and you keep declaring, regardless, there are times it's going to seem like, no, it's not working. Listen, friend, don't quit. Don't quit. Keep speaking it. Keep speaking it. Hallelujah. This is one of the biggest lessons I learned in believing God. Listen now, this dear father says, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. Oh, I've been there many times. I'm believing God, but the way things are going, it looks like it's not going to work. Oh my goodness, it's like I'm drowning already. Don't quit, dear friend. Don't quit. Jesus is there, dear friend. Jesus is there with you. He's there for you. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the spirit and said to it, You notice something I keep looking? Jesus spoke to the spirit. He rebuked it. He spoke to the spirit. Have you noticed the way Jesus would minister to people who were, you know, taken over by the devil? He doesn't hold conversations oh, how long have you been there? Oh, what is your name? Only in one instance that we see that. Oh, why are you here? And all kinds of things. Why are you, what do you want to hold a long conversation with the devil for? Bible says he's the father of lies. All is going to spew out is lies. What was the formula Jesus used to ministering to the devil? Shut up and get out. And that's the only way we should be ministering to the devil. I'm ministering to someone to get them, to get rid of the devil. Shut up, get out. So Jesus spoke to the spirit and basically said to the spirit, then the spirit uh, cried out, convulsed him, and he came out. So Jesus said, dumb and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. That's it. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, came out of him, and he became as one dead. So that many said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. Hallelujah. What did the father say? Lord, I believe. What would have happened if the father had said, Lord, I don't know what to believe. I cannot believe. I bet you nothing would have happened. Nothing. Nothing. And when he had come out, so, uh, 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 verse 28 now, and when he, came, he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? Now listen now. So he said to them, in fact, right here in Mark's account, he said, this kind come out by nothing but prayer, prayer and fasting. But when we come here to Matthew 17, it is interesting what Jesus says. In Matthew 17, follow me here, Jesus responds differently. Hallelujah. Right here in Matthew 17, Jesus responds differently. Jesus said, verse 20, from from verse 19, the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. So that's the answer there. So you've got to put scripture with scripture, divine the scriptures right. He said, because of your unbelief. For surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move and nothing will be impossible to you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. See, then people begin going to say, oh yeah, you see now, I need to pray and fast. Listen now. Jesus, listen listen, listen to what the Word of God is saying. Let's divide the Word of God accurately. Jesus already gave them the key right here in verse 10. In, sorry, Matthew 10, verse 1. In Matthew 10, verse 1, we say, see here, and when he had called his disciples to, uh, to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sicknesses, all kinds of sickness and, and all kinds of disease. You see, this was really, yes, technically still the Old Testament. You don't, do you see anybody casting out devils in the Old Testament? No, you don't, because they did not have the authority. But you see, at the time Jesus came, that was a period of transition. Jesus gave them the power to cast out all devils. You see, in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, if anybody was demon possessed, they don't have the authority. So what would happen? They would have to pray and fast and wait for the move of God for God to bring deliverance to that person because they did not have authority over the devil. But Jesus came in Matthew ten verse one as you say, He gave them authority. To cast out devils. And then we now also see in Mark 16 as Jesus, along with the Great Commission, says, These signs will follow those that believe in my name, they'll cast out devils. It's kind of like, I give you the keys to my car. Do you need to fast to open my car and drive it? You don't. But if I didn't give you the keys to my car, I have the key. Then you'll have to petition me and seek me for me to open the car. And to take you to wherever you need to go. So what's Jesus saying? This is what he's saying. It's your unbelief. Why? I already gave you the keys to cast out devils. There's nothing to show here that the disciples were fasting. Because if they were uh, uh, not fasting, the master didn't, they were not fasting. So if you rebuked them for not casting it out, then he would have he, he, <laughs> he would have needed to apologize to them for rebuking them, knowing that they were not fasting. We don't have anything to say here that the master himself was fasting. No. Fasting was necessary. You see, that's what Isaiah 58 is saying. They would fast to let the oppressed go free, to seek God. But now, Jesus has come to pay the price. He's given us the authority and he says, all power, all authority has been given to me and he's delegated our authority to us today and said to us, we cast out devils. Hallelujah. And so, we don't necessarily, I'm not saying you cannot fast even when you know you have a ministry. Yeah, I do that a lot and fast. But you don't need it necessarily in having to deal with the de- deal with demons today. We've got the authority. Hallelujah. So Jesus rebuked the devil, and the devil had no choice but to leave this boy. Hallelujah. Isn't that something? I want do you realize how powerful faith is? In fact, if you go to yeah, in fact, this same Mark, Mark chapter 9, verse 38 there or 39 downwards. You see, the disciples mentioned and told the master, we saw somebody casting out devils. Do you see that? Casting out devils in your name and we rebuked them. And I was told them to stop. Yeah. Verse 38. Now John answered him and says, teacher, we saw someone who does not follow us casting out demons in your name and we forbade him because he does not follow us. Did you notice this person was casting out devils? Yes, he was not following. <laughs> he was not following the disciples like they were following Jesus. See, he was just doing it on account of faith. He was just doing it by faith. Do you see how powerful faith is? If somebody who did not even directly hear from Jesus to be casting out devils, he was just there and saw what Jesus was doing and said, "Listen, I'm going to take his name and go do things." And the Lord was honoring their faith. Isn't that powerful? That's how powerful our faith is. That's how powerful your faith is. Faith in the name of Jesus. Dear friend, take the word of God in the name of Jesus and break the bondage of the devil over your life and over the lives of others. And let's see the glory of God manifest. Every time you speak the word of God, the moment you speak it, power is released to bring that word to fruition. So stand and see the fulfillment of it. Thank you, friend, for letting me come into your space. It's indeed a great day to be alive. We kill all doubts in your lives, kill all doubts in any way, shape or form it shows up and you receive the victory and set others free and bring glory to God. Thank you, share this message with others. I love to hear from you. Blessings, it's indeed a great day to be alive.